Hello and welcome again to the Red Dwarf Intro Cast, where we discuss, not surprisingly given the name of the podcast, Red Dwarf episode by episode. Uh, longtime fans and newbies alike journey together on the mining ship Red Dwarf. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Lisa Yates. <laughs> <laughs> That's Paul. And our special guest this week. Um, I'm here to um, basically serve you with a lawsuit from Potential Cast. Oh, no. Because, frankly, <laughs> oh, my goodness. ripped us off <laughs> to the We're point where subpoenaed. they're indistinguishable except for content. So, consider yourself served. No. Good day. Served. Yes, I'm Illyrio. <laughs> hey, imitation uh, is the sincerest yay. form of flattery. Yes, said the photocopier to the dissertation. <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Yay! Hello! 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 Yeah, we are really excited. Yeah, uh, Angela and I really first got into the world of intro podcasting through Potential Cast, which makes sense since they're pretty much the first known to follow this format. And uh, so, yeah, we've been listening to Illyrio for quite some time now. So Sorry! We were happy to find out he is a Red Dwarf fanatic. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. It's not like I... So, Illyrio, uh, if you want to tell our listeners what are your Red Dwarf credentials and where else on the interwebs can we hear you? Uh, when I was younger and living at home and we had cable, we had two PBS stations on our cable service here in Canada, um, more specifically Montreal, and one of them would be playing Red Dwarf every once in a while. And whenever they'd have their pledge drives, they featured Red, Red Dwarf marathons. And that's when I was first introduced to the sitcom set in space um, and just fell in love with it. And it's been something that I've uh, watched uh, in its entirety about a couple times a year for the last few years. I just love the show. Awesome. awesome. Excellent. Cool. And then where else on the interwebs? I, we know uh, Potential Cast and Redemption Cast, the Buffy and Angel intro cast. There's, and then yeah. where else? There's Potential Cast, Redemption Cast. I'm also on Pause Cast with Moya Christine. I'm on the very last season of Fisher Cast. Uh, we have three episodes left, and um, or four, because I don't think we've published the latest one yet. And uh, if you really don't want to hear me that often, you can listen to Yip Yip, the Last Airbender podcast. I haven't put one out in a couple months. That one's more of a hobby, and uh, it's something that we're going to be putting out uh, infrequently, and then frequently, and then infrequently again. But I think that basically covers it. Okay. And, uh, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Fisher Cast is uh, Bassmaster's intro rewatch. It's really, really <laughs> intense. So. No. <laughs> All about Silly. Deadliest Catch, right? No, that actually is another podcast uh, where my co host from Yip Yip the Last Airbender podcast is a co host. And uh, they actually have a lot of fun with that show. But uh, no, we are a six feet under retrospective. Is Fisher cast? Awesome. And let's see. So, uh, getting to Red Dwarf. Uh, this was a really, really neat episode. Uh, we are on season two, episode three. Thanks for the memory. And Shane, why don't you give us the rundown? The Red Dwarf crew wake up four days after celebrating the anniversary of Rimmer's death only to find out they have no memories of the previous four days, but 
When they find the black box on the moon, they learn that Lister gave Rimmer his memories of his former girlfriend, Lisa Yates, as a birthday present. Cool. Yeah, so, looking back, we were trying to determine whether Angela or I was anywhere near right when trying to guess what this episode was about. And I guess if you were to take both of our answers and slice them together in a certain way, you would sort of have the outline here. I was guessing that they were going to find a memory chip that would reveal uh, information about maybe the crash of the ship that they hadn't known before, find some sort of data disk. Angela guessed... Uh, what was it, Angela? Uh, the inner light setup uh, taken from a Star Trek episode where Picard ends up living an entire life in 20 minutes. So it's implanted memories. Sort of. Kind yes. of. Yeah, <laughs> and so if you have, they find a disc that reveals the history of implanted memories, then we kind of maybe have, okay, no, we, we got this completely wrong. So, uh, neat, neat episode, though, very sci-fi, and I liked that. Drunk Rimmer is so awesome. Yes, he is. <laughs> he just I needs to stay drunk. <laughs> yes, Drunk Rimmer is quite fantastic. <laughs> Especially when he's yeah. convinced he's not drunk. Yeah, I had uh, in my notes here, I just have uh, drunk rumor is awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's what I, so. uh, um, that scene um, with, on the planet was actually formed in a quarry. Ah. Um, the quarry was actually reclaimed land on top of what used to be a landfill site. Hmm. Okay. And Norman, I'm quoting uh, Norman Lovett here, who played Holly. We did a night shoot then. It was a really, really hard shoot. Um, as the night went on, the smell got worse. Aww. Oh no. So, so they go from <laughs> a really, really cold beach in Just Wales and <laughs> to a landfill. Their location shooting is the best ever. So when they say they found a planet with a breathable atmosphere, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they were, yeah, they were just partying down on that planet, which I thought was really, that was a cool scene. They found an M, well, okay, to use Star Trek term, they found an M-class planet. <laughs> and so what did they do? They, did they go and like search for signs of civilization or try and build a new home there? Nope, just a place to party for the night, which is kind of awesome. Awesome camping oh. trip. What what confused me about that little scene was in series one it came across that Lister was um, really really bad at playing the guitar, and oh, then yeah. the, the oh yeah the guy the, on this planet and he could be a member of Van Halen if he wanted to. No, he was playing air guitar with an actual guitar. Oh yeah, guitar. oh yeah, it was a tape. He was sinking because he put oh, down okay. the guitar and the music yeah. was still going. <laughs> Yeah, my bad. Not with it at the minute. Sorry, fellas. People listening. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> oh, no. oh uh, quick question. Okay, again, every week I have my cultural uh, dispar uh, discrepancy uh, questions. So in the intro, um, Holly said that they had plenty of food, but uh, did he say that they were out of shake and bake? Oh, shake what? Sorry. Oh, shake, shake and, shake and back. back. Right, basically, it is this powder... Which smells really, really nice, and you um, you you dust it all over your carpet, and then you hoover. It's like 
<gasps> oh. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Carpet freshener for, for the for the vacuum. Yeah. See, it sounded like shake and bake, which was the really lazy way of making fried chicken. Yeah, I remember <laughs> shake and bake. It was probably one of the first meals I was ever allowed to cook by myself. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the thing. Yeah, there was a commercial uh, year for years, and it had like and I uh, the little girl there with the mother, and it's like I made shake and bake, and the little girl was like, and I helped, and <laughs> holding up the little yeah. It's like here, all you do is shake this batter onto the chicken, and you will pretend like you're contributing toward cooking. <laughs> anyway, yep. okay, so shake and vac, probably not quite as tasty as shake and bake. Not probably quite. not. Uh, so let's see. Okay, now I'm going to nitpick the sci-fi yeah. aspect again. You could have predicted this. All right, so we have Rimmer. He has to have this hollow projector cage <laughs> to go down onto the planet. So while he's in the Blue Midget, he's corporeal. While he is in uh, the ship that they found Crichton on, uh, what was it called again? Nova Five. Yeah. Yes, yes, the Nova Five. Yes, he was corporeal, uh, and he's corporeal on. Red Dwarf itself, but apparently on a planet he has to have a, a portable projector. So maybe the Noah Five they just uploaded Rimmer's program into their ship hollow projectors, Possibly. which they have for some reason. Yeah, or they just needed think. an excuse to have him be like a go-go dancer in a cage. <laughs> cage dancer. Well, yeah. If you want to pretend it's a TV show and not a scientific documentary, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a cool scene. Uh, eating sausages, piano playing, scutters. I enjoyed that. I'm wondering if J.K. Rowling watched this and got the idea for the Death Day Party that's yes. in book two from this. Or am I just reading too much into it? I think you may be reading too much into it. <laughs> As it, per beca- usual. Actually, though, it would be Sausages awesome are if, done. if J.K. Rowling was a Red Dwarf and that'd be amazing. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, there were a lot of at least casual watchers, so I'm, and, but whether she directly got the idea of the ghosts having death day parties from this, you know, who can say, but uh, it was very similar, especially when they started singing the song. Mm-hmm. So let's see, they go to the planet, they party for a while, they drunkenly make their way back to the Red Dwarf. Uh, and then, I think one of the best scenes that has been in Red Dwarf this whole time, is it- Drunk Rimmer talking with Lister. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I love this scene. The scene is one of my favorites in the series. That sandwich scene is yes. especially definitely yes. perfect. Or Sarnie scene, which I've read just enough... Uh, original Her- uh, British Harry Potter versions to know that what a Sarnie is. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so when Lister gets drunk, although not as drunk as Rummer, he cuts loose by doing jigsaw puzzles. I guess. <laughs> what, what better way is there to do when, you, when you're drunk? Jigsaw puzzles are the way forward. True. Yeah. I, I don't. I've, I've never done a jigsaw puzzle when I was drunk. I did. I was really. I, I was really, really happy when I did mine because um, I did it in about fifteen minutes. But it said two to th- two to four years on the box. It was amazing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. So is this actually a thing? Heyo. 
So is this a thing people do? They get drunk and they try to do a jigsaw puzzle? I, I, I wasn't aware of it if it, if it were a thing. But... No, it's not. Well, I could imagine you would time yourself doing it. So you do it once, and then you time yourself doing it again sober, and that would be your control. And then you would time yourself doing it drunk and just see exactly how it would affect you. Well, but then uh, the fact of doing it the first time, you would already have a template in your in your memory. So the second yeah, no, time that's you why you would do it a second time sober. Yeah, and see. that would be your control. Yeah, I actually do something kind of similar. Um, I don't really get drunk, but uh, I do work for hours on end to the point of sheer exhaustion without sleeping. So what I will do is play Bejeweled and play two or three games of Bejeweled, and then my aggregate score will tell me just how bad off I am and whether I need to take time to sleep. Interesting. I was going to say that I've stopped doing jigsaw puzzles mostly when I got a cat. And so I would be so scared that cat would mess up the jigsaw puzzle. I think that would have been funny if he had. Yeah, if I hadn't have needed it for the for the time marker, just having cat jump up on the table and. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These are my shiny things. Nobody else's. Right now, all the jigsaws in our house have really giant pieces. Yeah. Yes. Because we have the small children. That's my story. Okay, so he... And I'm sticking to it. (laughs) He admits how many um, liaisons he has had in his life. Yes. Which is one. Twelve minutes. Although, you know, it's interesting that he doesn't count, and of course this could be an episode order thing. Speaking of which, still no Crichton. Did Crichton leave the ship when he went uh, AWOL, when he rebelled, or is this just an episode production order thing? There might be some spoilers there. I don't, I don't want to say anything, because it could potentially be spoilery. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. He left. So he, He's gone rebel. Okay. So that's, all, that's all you need okay. to know. Yeah, yeah. So, so still no Crichton, but... Uh, oh, where was I going with that? Well, well and... He doesn't mention, like, all of the experiences he had in the last episode. Right, yes. He doesn't count his, his holodeck uh, in, uh, interlude as as among his, uh, uh, among the number there. Mm. Only the real life. Uh, Better than life. Mm. Where he has, like, 19, 20 children with Yvonne the Brooder. <laughs> Although still, apparently, only got together once. Yes. She just popped out. 20, 20 kids right after. <laughs> March 16th, 731 to 743. <laughs> that okay, includes no, the time. No stealing quotes. No, hey, I, no, well, I, was I won't. Keep it. I won't. So yeah, a drunk, uh, drunk Rimmer admits all of these things. And I love his comparison that he makes comparing the uh, triple fried egg sandwich to Lister. With chili sauce and chutney. Um, Yes, all the wrong ingredients coming together to make something that everybody likes. You know something? Go ahead. I was was just going to say, before you say anything, I have not tried this sandwich. I want to, but I'm not a fan of chutney. (laughs) After the beer milkshake debacle, then you just don't want to try that. Can you imagine having a beer milkshake? That's really good, but... (laughs) 
Yeah, Illyria, I don't know if you heard, but in one of our past episodes, uh, Paul detailed his attempts at making a beer milkshake. Wow, I did not uh, hear about this. So, uh, was it lager? Pardon? I didn't hear what you said there. Was it uh, lager? Was it, a, was, it a, was it a lager that you yes. used, or what? lager. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Didn't go well. And uh, so, yeah. So, somebody needs to try this scent. I guess Illyrio, you're not going to be a regular host, so so you you get to bow out. But <laughs> one of us needs to attempt a triple Friday. I, I vote Shane. Uh, I vote Shane. I like my stomach. No thanks. I I vote Shane too. Yeah. Well, I don't like. Do you know what? Actually, I will actually try if I can get a nice chutney. <laughs> I will attempt this sandwich. Well, but he said chutney though. But what kind of chutney? Like mango chutney or? No idea. When you say chutney without a without a modifier, what is the accepted generic form of chutney? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna find out. See if it's an apple chutney and make one with that. <laughs> oh yeah, apple would probably be pretty good. You know, I have noticed though, for a sci-fi show, they talk a lot about food. Now, usually in yes. sci-fi shows, that. They just, you know, food is sort of mysterious, and they never have food, they never go to the bathroom. There's no bodily functions in sci-fi. With the exception of Star Trek Voyager. Yes. Yes, but... Because you have Neelix. Yeah. But, but, you know... Oh, God, Neelix. They're eating... No, please, 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 no, no, no (laughs) talk about Neelix. Please, please, I'm begging you. Hey, I like Neelix. (laughs) He's funny. He's my favorite centaur. Lovely. (laughs) But yeah, anyway. There was that one episode where what what was his girlfriend's name? Kes. Yeah, Kes. Or the sex okay. Uh, voice. Star Trek Voyager spoilers for about thirty seconds. So if you haven't seen Star Trek Voyager yeah. in its entirety, please stop listening for thirty seconds. Right. So remember the episode minute. where Kes. So 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 remember the episode where Kes uh, starts treating Neelix like crap and breaks up with him and then goes down. Like to another planet, it turns out that she was possessed Warlord. by, yep. you know, like the spirit of the soul of the, of the guy trying to take over that. Neelix ah, yeah. was just so full of self pity, and I just wanted. Oh, I, I can't. I could never stand that character. <laughs> yeah. Just oh. no, thank you. Very ugh. ugh. <laughs> yeah, Kess was such a weird character, though. Like Angela, and I, we joke because. Like, it's not that she was a bad character or anything, but her voice, every line she said, she sounded like a sex phone operator. Like, everything was in this, these low, sultry, you have my uh, sensual tones. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I wasn't paying attention to any of that. I heard sex phone operator, I'm like, yep, I have my, my attention is around. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to do Voyager spoilers myself for like two seconds, so yeah, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Um when Kez left the series at the end of yes. start, sorry, the start of series four, um, <laughs> yes, it was a, it was meant to, meant to be Harry Kim who left the show. Yeah, it was not Kez. Oh. Yes, Harry Kim was going to evolve into a higher life form and fly away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know the reason why they swapped? Uh, no. Because Garrett Wang was really, really desperate and couldn't possibly find any other work. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Apparently, he got into some sort of world sexiest men. Um, he would work with one of the most world sexiest men in some 
godforsaken, you know, part of the world. So seriously, good for him, Garrett Wang. Yeah, he runs the uh, the Star Trek track at uh, Dragon Con. He introduces a lot of the events and helps uh, get people there and organizes things. So we we see a lot of Garrett Wang when we go to those. And, yeah, <laughs> right. you see nice a lot of Wang at Dragon Con. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you know, some of the costumes you see more than you would like. Lovely. Right, while we're on the oh, subject, yeah. can I give my own Star Trek Voyager, Voyager spoilers? Yes. yes. They all die in the end. There we go. Yay. Yay. In fact, you know, every except for the well, in one timeline. I've been muting my microphone like, all the way through these um, Voyager spoiler things just to not spoil myself, but then I realized I'm not even going to watch it, so... <laughs> well, there you go. Also, do you realize that muting your microphone doesn't keep you from hearing us? I took me. I took my headphones out as well. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were trying to, you know, like the ravenous bug batter, please, who thinks that it, if if it can't you can't see it, it can't see you. I thought maybe it was one of those things. Which the rules are spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, you don't listen. So you know what's what's a cool show? Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. <laughs> By the way, can I just mention, as soon as we started talking Star Trek Voyager, the audio quality rose in the call? I yeah, know, I that's that true. Too. So I think Skype is trying to tell us something. That's well, all Skype I'm gonna say. sucks in that case. <laughs> Skype is being a complete and utter smeghead. It is. Gimboid. Um, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Back into Red Dwarf, then. They, uh... Uh, they have their drunken conversation, and then they go to bed, and they wake up, and four days have passed. Well, we don't know so, that, do we? Yet. Oh, yeah, we do, because well, he mentions well, Thursday. Yeah, they find, out, they find out after a few minutes when they look at You're the right. clock and see their casts. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say something about the clock bit? Yeah. Yeah. It was the greatest yeah. bit ever. It's like, what time is it? No, I'll wait till the end, because it's one of my favorite quotes, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was, okay, good, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, so hard not not to not to drop the quotes earlier. Now we've got to talk about um, the, uh, Rimmer's reaction when he remembers what he said. Oh yes. yeah, the fist fighting. Okay, okay, Rimmer and his facial physical comedy was on key mm-hmm. this episode, yes. both in the sandwich scene and in this scene. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> greatest run into a show ever. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, another weird thing. Rimmer just keeps mentioning his telescope this episode. Yeah, there's like five references to his telescope. Five references. I wonder if that's what he calls something else. I'm just wondering. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, if he says I would give my telescope to have been, I don't know. Well, that's anyway. It's just weird. Well, it does go. Does anyone here have a telescope? By the way. No. <laughs> like a real no, telescope, not a euphemism. Actually, See, no, no. Neither do I. My parents so... do. It's weird. <clears throat> yeah, we, and we live in a fairly rural area. We could probably see a lot since there's not a terrible amount of light pollution here. But uh, no, we, we're broke. We have to hmm. spend our time and money on geeky things rather than staring in space. So if I had a telescope, I would want, to, want one of those pirate telescopes that you have to pull out uh, yourself. Buy a glass. Yes. Are you sure that's not a euphemism for something else as well? I'd... Well, no probably, comment. yes. 
Anyway, back to Red Dwarf. Yes, Lisa Yates. Yes, Lisa Yates. Hello. <laughs> not you're not Lisa. I, I I did you not hear me at the beginning of the show? I said I was Lisa. Yates. <laughs> <laughs> so. And okay, second episode in a row, Cat is funny mm-hmm. in this episode. I love his drop-ins here. I think they're finally fine. I don't know if it's my perceptions that have changed or the writing that's changed. I tend toward the latter. But his his timing and his, his comedy drop-ins seem much more apropos to the situations now. Well, I think now that he's formed some sort of camaraderie with the others, it's not that mm. we're wondering... Uh, why? Why is he there? What is his purpose? You know. Yeah. Everyone needs a cat. You have a cat. I have a cat. <laughs> a cat is essential in in life. It is. Anyway, unless it's a thirty-pound monstrosity that bites you for no reason. True. I will. I don't know. I can't speak for McFarious. <laughs> <laughs> So when they're, let's see, they go to find the black box. Uh, when they finally find it, we get another Casablanca reference. Yeah. Uh, Lister drops in a play at Sam. Um, <coughs> before we get Jedi. that far, when they're trying to find the black box, um, did we notice yes. any continuity errors? I did. Go ahead, Paul. Hmm. Lister wasn't wearing his, um, his cast. Oh, oh yeah, I read why that why that was when I was looking for quotes. Shane, do you have that story? I I do, yes I do. Um, Okay. Do you know know something? Sorry, one minute, Shane. Do you know when when Shane just asked um, who knows what, 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 any continuity errors? I put my hand up just to say I do. Uh, maybe you're like me, Paul. You really have a face for for radio. Yeah, well, I'm looking at your or three faces po- or podcasting. Right now, and I can see that I do have a face for radio. <laughs> um, his, um, his, well, his now ex-wife was in labor. Mm-hmm. Aww. There was a car waiting for him at the um, quarry to a hospital in North London where his son was born. He got to the hospital 20 minutes late Ooh. and he was and he was just handed the uh, uh, the new, newly born son to him. Aww. Fortunately, all his dialogue scenes had already been shot, and in all his remaining scenes, Mike Agnew, who was a production manager, he's, um, he stood in for uh, he stood in wearing Lister's spacesuits and helmet. And Craig charged. Mm-hmm. I was wondering why it was yeah. all fogged up. And Excellent. Craig's charged voice was edited in post-production. So all nice. the scenes where Lister's face is obscured by his helmet are actually a production manager in disguise. Very well, nice. I did not notice at all. So they apparently did a good job, or I was just really, really into the episode and not paying the proper attention. Yeah, and so. I tend to not see problems unless it's like the third or fourth time mm. I'm watching it. Yeah, uh, you'll notice it now. I reckon if you watch it back, you're like, oh, yeah. oh yeah, probably. Uh, it actually, well, as we as we said, it shows him without a, um, so it shows Lister without a plaster cast on. And according to uh, Mike, 
he was he revealed that it was too painful for him to wear a cat the wrong size for him yeah. and simply left it on in the hope that nobody would notice well you know they they sort of play fast and loose with um continuity and stuff like that anyway so I don't think anyone would have been irate with seeing it I was I was absolutely fuming <laughs> Well, How can they well, disregard so continuity? In this? So, yeah. <laughs> we find out that what what gift that Lister decided to give. Mm. Yes, and he has poor memory. Um, memory Photoshop skills. <laughs> so, yeah, we get into some freaky Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind stuff here. Like, we he gets inceptioned. Well, you were talking last <laughs> night, Heath, about Robocop. Yeah, yeah. The, just something about that scene where it shows the memory of them running around in the park and falling down and the, I love you so much. Well, it really, really reminded me of when uh, Robocop was having flashbacks to uh, his human life and like seeing his wife and everything staring right at the camera saying, I love you so much. And I, I really thought that there was one of them like running in a park even but I may have been imagining that because I couldn't find it uh, maybe that was Robocop 2 or something but, my name uh, is Murphy <laughs> uh, uh, yes. are we going to quickly mention um, Rimmer's dream when he's please, yeah, please do. Um, the moment. Gershwin yes he is rocking out to some Gershwin mm-hmm. in his pants <laughs> that was gonna be their uh, song. Now it's just his. Uh, <laughs> Aww. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said that. I'd forgotten. But we uh, we still see that Rimmer is so self deluded. Like he thinks that all of these positive qualities that he mentioned when he was talking about the sandwich, uh, make for a good person, and. And also that he has all of these positive qualities. When he's not dedicated... Well, he's dedicated, but he's not competent mm. at it. He, he's, he's dedicated to the furtherance of his own career, which is what Rimmer pretty much tells him. I mean, well, Lister pretty yeah. much. He's dedicated to failing uh, exams. Yes, he yeah. is. He, he sort of falls under this... I guess we were... Well, okay, some of my weird reading is coming back to me. But the, the ethic of expediency... He believes that efficiency and dedication, that these are not merely qualities of goodness or the attributes of a good career man, but a good person. <laughs> that being punctual and studying a lot makes you not only good at your job or good at your career, but morally, ethically, objectively good. But then he so. doesn't know how to do that. He, he makes timetables for months and months and then forgets to study. Like, he's yeah. just going through the forms of it without actually getting the content, I guess. Yeah. I like Rimmer. I'm frustrated Rimmer's messed up. <laughs> they are both very broken people. I wrote that down in my notes. Both yeah. Rimmer and Lister are incredibly broken. And you can see that with how they both react to the whole Lisa Yates thing. <laughs> what? 
it's just funny to me how amongst these three individuals, the most uh, mentally stable one is uh, the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cat has has a single focus in his life. Yes, himself. Yes. Fish. Mm. I'm gonna eat a little fishy. Fish I'm gonna and fish. Eat a little fishy. Uh, <laughs> when they're in that hologram projection suite, that means uh, mm-hmm. which looked awesome, by the way. Was that a new I, set? I think it was a uh, just the new driving set, just done again. Mm. Okay. Refitted again. But Mm -hmm. did anybody make a note on what was on the TV screens on in in the back? I saw a whole bunch of him um, exercising. Hmm. I saw one where his 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 he was screaming. (laughs) You could see his teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Ah. So it was kind of like uh, that that scene in uh, what was it, The Matrix two or three, where he was talking to Colonel Sanders and in the yeah space. the architect. Yes, I, I still prefer to call him Colonel Sanders because <laughs> The Matrix two and three really let me down. I'm uh, sorry. Every time I think of that scene, I think of the scene from Scary Movie four, where. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. moving on. So yeah, okay, the concept, though, that you can just splice in memories like that with holograms, and then, I guess we'll get to this at the end, but they can erase human er- and cat memory, mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's very freaky, and it's a nice highbrow sci-fi concept that they use fairly well here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the reason that they cut it out is, I mean... Lister was well-meaning, but Rimmer he was. is pointing out, look, you you screwed with my identity. I'm not who I was before. And I think that... Um, may I point out yeah. that if it weren't for Rimmer being a nosy bastard, he never would have found out that Lisa Yates had written Dave Lister any letters? Yeah, uh, true. So... True. Yeah, I mean the uh, even the logical inconsistencies there, the the orphan bit, uh, even though his parents were alive, his appendix coming out twice. Mm-hmm. Somehow his and or hologram brain was elastic enough to absorb without questioning until he found physical evidence that he couldn't uh, mesh. Well, I think it's because he was suspicious and jealous because of yeah. how Lister was reacting to him. Wondering about why he broke up with Lisa Yates. And talking of Lisa Yates, she was played by yeah. an actress named Sabrina Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a few years later, she was a, she became a children's television presenter on the Saturday morning kids' TV program called Ghost Train. Don't Aww. know if you remember that one, Paul. I. Do remember that? Uh, that's that's going back a fair mm. bit. It started, I believe, in 1991, and finished in 1992. <laughs> and I, and as a, I was only ten at the time, and I had a massive, massive crush on her. Oh, I actually didn't link the two. Some of the work that she's done recently um, is that she was in Mission Impossible Three. Mm-hmm. 
uh, she played a recurring extra character, uh, re- recurring character in Three Rivers. In what? Oh. Never heard of her. Three, uh, Three Rivers was a medical drama on CBS. Oh. Uh, of the, you know, 20 other medical dramas. So yeah, we, so it gets into this concept of changing memories, changing personalities... <laughs> Uh, sort of like a precursor, uh, I think I'd said uh, uh, Inception, but also sort of Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a freaky. You freaky mean stuff. you mean Total Recall? Ah, <laughs> uh, that one too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is all uh, very Philip K. Dick, I suppose. So yeah, they they decide though after a touching scene in the observation deck, which comes back. I love the observation uh, deck believe- set. Yeah, one of you said they never used it again, but they did. I believe that was Nutty. Who it said certainly that. was Nutty. Yes. Ah, well. So let's judge it. Was it a perp? Was it was a, it a foiler? <laughs> yes. <laughs> did she foil us? About the yeah. frequency of the observation deck setting. Ah. But yeah, lovely set. Yeah, they're in space, and yeah, they have their heart to heart, and um. Oh, but guys, let me tell you, you're never gonna see it again. Oh, okay. or are you foiling us again? No. <laughs> Who knows? I I love the observation deck. It's sort of like the park bench, or you know the. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you. It's where you. It's the ten forward yes. of the. Yes. You have exactly. your Jupiter mining there. ship, Red Dwarf. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and as Angela said, park bench. We listened to a podcast called Tom versus the Flash which turned into Tom versus Aquaman where he reads old Silver Age DC comics and it's amazing how often Flash goes to park benches to have heart to heart conversations with people yes and then of course crime always happens in the park while he's having his heart to hearts on the park bench so. when were those uh, written in the 50s yeah ah, 50s. 60s late 50s parks early 60s oh, parks, parks were denizens of in, in, incredible amounts of criminal activity. Yes, back yes. then I'm sure. Well, I'm as sure. as as was the ocean. I mean, you had sea pirates everywhere <laughs> once Aquaman came along, and hippies and parks. Yes, wearing business suits on boats. It's, it's crazy. Okay, there's one uh, thing. But back to Red Dwarf. There's one thing I really love about this episode, other than just the character development stuff, is the mystery factor. Like, they're having to solve these mysteries, and these clues appear to be one thing, and they end up being another, which was very cool. It's a precursor to uh, to Dude, Where's My Car? (laughs) Dude, Where's My Memory of Lisa Yates? That's what we're up against here. Or Dude, Who Finished the Jigsaw Puzzle? (laughs) Aliens. (laughs) Aliens came aboard, broke our leg. Yes, I think everyone has quotes around there. (laughs) Okay, I, I won't give the full quotes, but yeah, Rimmer's convoluted explanation for the aliens' complex forms of communication had me cackling. Well, considering that the cats have a smell language, then he's got some bases. Yeah. Sure, it's possible. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, and then they have to track down these memories, which they do by finding the black box and... I thought, you know, I have to say, though, that at the end of it all, after they finally... And they talk about uh, erasing their memories, which 
okay, their technology has the capability of erasing or possibly even altering human memory just like hologram memory. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on from that, uh, I felt like the ending was kind of weak. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were they told the story and they gave you they led you back up to where they were, but then it just stops before contextualizing it. Well, it's like I Pulp Fiction. Sort of... You know, they they <sighs> could have shown it to you in chronological order, but as soon as they were finished filling that gap, uh, it's over. Well, I didn't mind it being uh, non-chronological, but I still wanted to know what happened after they watched the tape that they weren't supposed to watch. Did they decide mm. to erase their memories of, of again? Erase their memory of rewatching the mm. memories? No, no. Let's not get back into next generation <laughs> where Data all of a sudden is like, wait, I know what I did wrong. Give us another chance. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that episode the whole time. No, they, they should have ended with Lister sitting at at his computer, filling out his diary, and then coming to a realization about what lesson he learned for that episode. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you were uh, referencing Mr. Belvedere. Oh, Because no, he, he wrote in his journal oh, she, at oh, the true. end of every episode as well. Yeah, she was referencing Doogie Hauser. Ugh. Don't ugh, Neil <laughs> well, that, Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not Neil Patrick Harris. His little uh, tiny friend with the mush mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. Doogie! How, how, how's it going for you, Doogie? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Well, if you've never seen, like, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris in a bunch of interviews, you can find it. But uh, him now reliving the his Doogie days and, like, doing an impression of him filling out his, his computer diary and the moment yeah. of realization. It's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, right, but it didn't end that way. No. It just sort of brought us no. back up to, yeah, it just sort of stopped. And, and that was like the one weakness in what I thought was, was a very solid episode. I think my... So those are my yeah, comments. I think my favorite part of the episode was when Rimmer is just going on and on about why he didn't stay it out with Lisa Yates. And then Lister the whole time is thinking, oh, crap, why didn't I stay with Lisa Yates? Now all of my excuses for why I broke it off with her seem really, really lame. Yeah. So Lister shows that he sucks at love. So again, yeah, exploring the ways in which both of them are broken. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought this episode, I thought that bit gave a good insight into um, what you just said about Liz. Because um, so I was reading on the feedback, I'll, I'll preface this time. I, I was reading on the fe- feedback, It was that this was all about um, how um, Rimmer kept sabotaging himself with relationships mm-hmm. and his own personality. Whereas I thought this. That, that little bit with um, Rimmer recounting the relationship and Lister giving the answers, it it, it, sh- it showed how Lister um, sabotaged his own relationships as well. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you know, he didn't stick it out as a, um, a supermarket busboy person because he didn't want to get tied down to a career. He's just went to bum around. Yeah. Yeah. 
So again, does this storm from uh, this storm? Does all of this stem from like his uh, like a abandonment issues. I mean, they, they really emphasize the fact that his parents died and that, you know, the only picture he has of his dad has... Is a giant like dog. Four qu- th- yeah, three quarters of the frame is, is a giant dog with his dad's foot in it. I mean, th- does he fear that if he really commits to a course of action and allows himself to take a certain path, then it'll come back and bite him in the tuchus? Hmm... I can't say anything one way or the other. I know <laughs> what you think. I know. Oh, Dave okay. I'm past so, and his dad. We accidentally stumble upon Dave and his past and his dad or anything like that. Well, so. both of these characters have abandonment issues. And so we've been focusing on how they're sort of odd couple. You know, it sucks that they're stuck together. But it's actually good that they're stuck together because yeah, they they're, they're literally like, cannot abandon each other. Yeah. Yeah. And but they're like yeah, they're like two examples of what the same experience can cause. They're like they took different paths in handling some of the same issues. Uh Rimmer tries to excel at everything and prove his worth that way to uh, a phantom parental figure, uh, whereas Lister refuses to try at anything for fear of, of failure or that it will fail him. So it's like, yeah, they, they're they dealing with the same things, but, but they're like mirrors. They're both smegheads. Or they're, or they're both smegheads, and I don't have a psychology degree, so why <laughs> am I trying to analyze them? Mm-hmm. So, because we're grad so, students, that's what we end up doing yeah, all the time. It's true. So, I am pretty much out of comments. Uh, did anybody else have any episode comments before we move on to the feedbacks? No, I was fine. Uh, I'm good. Illyria? Uh, it just always struck me as odd that they had to lift that gravestone manually. You'd figure that in the future we'd have some kind of forklift type <laughs> device. Anti-gravitational. So. Why didn't they get the scudders? Yeah. <sighs> because then it wouldn't have been funny. I w- yeah, and it wouldn't have explained broken legs, which is really funny. And yeah. also, uh, did they really have time to get all those signatures? And why would they have so many signatures on their casts? Oh, yeah. There are like three people <laughs> in the ship. <laughs> and one of them can't even hold a pen. Point. That's an interesting point. <laughs> oh, maybe well. the Scudders. Maybe maybe uh, yeah. uh, Pinky and Pinky Percy Perky. or whatever their names were. Maybe. Were this... yeah. Yes, yeah, the Scudders um, were. Maybe Holly put... Like, just put one on, on the on the cast. Yeah, maybe. pre-made. Yeah. Maybe that's oh. a feature of future casts that come pre-made with signatures for the people who want to pretend they have lots of friends. Oh, which would be perfect for for River. <laughs> You'd probably have to pay extra for that. Okay, so let's let's go over some of the feedback then. Um, we had a lot of feedback. Thank you, listener peoples, for feedbacking us. Um, going over it though, let's see. We have Nutty Nuchas. Here's who's that? Uh, I've know. never heard of her before anyway. in my entire life. And- no. Interloper. 
She says, uh, I think Lister's intent was altruistic, but it's funny how he can look at his relationship in a different way through Rimmer's eyes. Yes. Uh, it also makes me think more about if Rimmer ever got his heart's desire, he'd be miserable. He can't let himself be happy. Yep. Good point. And then we have Paul asking what altruistic means and Shane telling him. So, for our The More You Know, uh, one fact per episode. Again, that's our goal, <laughs> is to educate you... Uh, from the, the gamut of, of all uh, knowledge and learning and human experience, one fact at a time per episode couched in a Red Dwarf review. So altruistic, uh, Shane defines as the principle or practice of concern for the welfare of others. The more you know. Otherwise so. known as the opposite of cat. Yes. Cat is non-truistic. <laughs> or all lieistic. Ooh. Ah. Uh, so let's see. We have Jay complaining about uh, the 1999 remastered edition. Uh, Paul kind of uh, Hadsley, uh, not not Paul York, uh, sort of defending the remixes, and Jay saying, "Well, they're okay, but they cut out dialogue." Yeah, I'm paraphrasing a lot here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jay says points out. He says you're right about the easily changing Rimmer's mind. I assume. Uh, that he's either rehidden the discs after what they've been through in the seven episodes, or uh, Lister wants him around. Maybe as much as Rimmer drives him insane, he sees an opportunity to understand Rimmer and help him grow into a better person. Uh, maybe that's helping Lister grow as well instead of drinking himself to death with his former buddies. Yeah, yeah, I think Paul Hesley brings up why, if, if it's so easy to change who Rimmer is, why hasn't Lister just reprogrammed him to be not Rimmer? Um, because he's not a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. Using weird science thing. Weird science? Uh, using science to just alter who people are. That yeah. Creepy. And then we Dave, have... Dave's just this guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then we also have uh, Paul Hadsley saying that the books are a bit more sci-fi and serious, and we might enjoy those, but probably not until we finish the series. Um, mm -hmm. And also right. saying it's like Monty Python, Black Adder, Father Ted, IT Crowd as primarily a comedy. Um, and, you know, we discussed about why we end up talking about more serious things in this primarily comedy show. And I think it's because we're doing a podcast on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's part our experience with, with other shows and that we're used to your Buffy's and and shows like that that sort of require this this really close dissection and and, uh, and analysis. But um, well, I don't know if it requires it, but it invites, yeah. we'll say. Uh, but yeah, part of it may just be uh, the, the format itself, that when you do a podcast about something, you can't just talk about the fun things or the plot. You have to make up weird theories about how Cat slaughtered his entire race to make a whole awesome wardrobe. Oh, yeah, Illyria, you haven't heard that one, have you? Uh, sorry? Say again? Uh, our early theories about why Cat was the last of his kind before they sort of answered those questions, <laughs> uh, we decided that Cat the Destroyer was uh, the uh, dictator of his race and uh, the emperor, and he just slaughtered all of his subjects uh, as material to make clothes out of. Yeah. That would have been awesome. <laughs> So we were slightly off on that, maybe. I, was, I think they may still retcon it. But. <laughs> People got a little yeah, bit so off about that we kept saying that. <laughs> oh, 
Don't get pissed off about a podcast. Here, <laughs> listeners, yeah. let me give you a little secret about winning at life. If someone is making something for free that you can partake in and you don't like it, turn it off. Exactly. But keep listening or to us. don't sit there and complain. Make, make your own. Make your own Red True. Dwarf podcast and show these amateurs how it's done if you don't like it. Really, though? I'm just saying. Amateurs? I take offense to amateurs. <laughs> no, no. Hey, I'm, until I I'm, see a I'm, paycheck, I'm embodying I am an the, the perspective of of the uh, Gimboid who would write in negative uh, sentiments to a show. We have not gotten yeah. any negative sentiments. We've just... Had... Thank goodness. <sighs> have no. either of you been accused of watching the whole series beforehand yet? No. No, no. Okay, I think good. our weird uh, out off the ball theories have have pretty much confirmed that we have not watched ahead. <laughs> Excellent. I've been accused of um, not liking the series, like at all. Oh, how dare you have an opinion? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay if you don't like yeah. the series. No, I it love the series. Yeah, we, yeah, we... I just thought that I didn't like it because I had a few criticisms mm. about the first season, which. Honestly, any show, the first season is going to kind of suck. We've been watching some episodes of X-Files, and... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were still... Uh, well, you know, you can't say growing the beard for X-Files. I don't guess anybody ever really had a no. beard. But anyway, yeah, they were still they were still working on a few things. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh... Sorry, I kind of yeah, derailed so... the conversation there. That's fine, that's fine, yeah. So, yes... Uh, but thank you all for the feedback. Oh, yeah, and the last one was Madeline Eaton says uh, that she thought that Angela and I would like this one. Madeline, you are right. Uh, yeah. Because it is much in the vein of Future Echoes and Better Than Live because it is more sci-fi-y. Yeah. And um, aside from what I thought was sort of an abrupt week ending, I sort of wanted an ending punchline there. I thought it was a very good episode. It's making uh, garbage! Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the ending punchline. It's garbage. Um, yeah. So we try not to complain too much about free things. No. Even if there's like an hour of, of listener feedback and to, before we get to the episode. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just kidding. Yep. Just kidding. <laughs> I think the longest we went once was, was almost 40 minutes. Yeah. And then just came to a realization that let's maybe just do some highlights. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, right now we still have a small but faithful fandom, so we don't have to worry about that. We we go too long when we're talking about Sesame Street and Firefly for some odd reason on our Red Dwarf podcast. And Voyager. But that's okay, too. <laughs> and Voyager. So, uh, that is the feedback. Uh, we would also like to give a little feedback and give a shout-out to some friends of ours over at the Total Wrestling Show, because... Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
Hey, this is Andy and Dan from Total Wrestling Show. Are you enjoying the programming right now? It's been a great show, and if you're enjoying this, don't forget to tune in every Sunday, 6 p.m. GMT, for Total Wrestling Show Live. And if you want to be part of the most interactive Facebook group in the wrestling world ever, go to facebook.com forward slash TWS Live, or you can tweet us at TWS Mate. And don't forget, if you can't join us live every Sunday at 6 p.m. at TotalWrestlingShow.com, you can always check us out on podcast, and that is off the iTunes feed. And while you're there, leave us a review. Exactly. So if you want to have the latest news, the latest reviews, the latest competitions, and the latest superstar interviews, join us for Total Wrestling Show Live, the UK's number one in pro wrestling interactive talk. Okay, the blue midget... Um in in the in the there's a shot of the blue midget flying yeah. back to the red dwarf. There's a sign on mm. the back of it, and we can't. Angela and I could not read I it. Do you know what that don't, says? To be fair, um, let's have a look. I've got the episode in front of me actually, so let's have a look. I believe it's no. in the beginning when they're driving drunk back home. Yeah, I it's yes. Toward the beginning. So it, the it'll be close to the beginning. No, I, yeah. can't, I can't read that actually. To be but fair, yeah. let's have a look. Do, 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 do. Maybe it just says blue midget. But, yeah. No, no, it looked like, like you should see our other ship or something like that. It looked like one of those catchy car tags. Let's have a look, Chris. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pop on to... Yeah, Angela and I couldn't look it up, of course, because yeah. we would, of course, find out that, you know, Cat murders the rest of the crew and, and steals Red Dwarf to found an empire of cat people on another planet. Or that the irradiated haggis finally explodes. Or becomes sentient and becomes uh, a new character on the ship. And Haggy. Haggy the irradiated haggis. In fact, the irradiated haggis becomes Lister's um, wife. The mother of Lister's children. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which makes it a, a predecessor to American yeah, I've, Pie. I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> okay. I've got it. It's... Uh, it's okay. um, uh, according to Wikipedia, it says, My other spaceship is a red dwarf. Oh, because okay. it's literal and it's funny. Mm. Let's see. So now we do to do ratings and then quotes. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, Illyrio, you are our honored guest, so we will let you rate first. Rate. Uh, enjoy the episode. Not one of my all-time favorites, although I do enjoy the missing time bit of it because uh, you know that's a trope that's always fun. So I'm going to give it, um, let's see, I would give this episode seven and a half out of ten cat curlers. <laughs> nice. I loved it when it came out with the awesome dressing gown and the curlers. Indeed. All right. Somebody else. I'll go. I think I've got this knocked awesome. down now. I, I did it. I did it quite wrong last last episode that I was on. Um, I, I think, as a whole, this episode is. I think it stands up with, as one of the best episodes in the whole. All of, the, all of all the episodes, it is one of the best. I think, as a story. Um, so I'm going to give it four ties out of five. Very nice. Which is the well, so, preferable so if, if, present. Yes. 
So, so if we if we convert that to everybody else's, then that is eight ties out of ten. Yes. Oh, you know, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay because four out of five is a, is a direct fraction. So that's yes. that's cool. Oh, wait a minute. Last week when you rated three, uh, did you mean to rate six out of ten? No, 10? I, that was three out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. All right, uh, Angela. What do you think? Oh, um, see, I really, really like this episode, especially the sci-fi concept. But, and I think this is just from seeing more really good episodes. Um, it's good. It's not as good as some of the others we've watched. So it ended up with eight out of ten. Uh, Rimmer go-go cage dances. <laughs> Shane, what do you think? Um, let me just preface this by saying when I originally watched this episode back in 94, I believe, I didn't like this episode at all. I've, <gasps> I felt, it, as a 13-year-old, I thought it was one of the weakest shows I've wa- I watched. I hope if you ever go, if you ever get to go back in time, you slap your fourteen-year-old self. Yeah, because as a four, I as a fourteen-year-old, you know, it didn't have many laugh-out-loud moments. It was much more of a sci-fi show than a comedy show. Mm-hmm. This episode, I'm not sure if anyone would, mm-hmm. I'm sure people would agree with me. Did you not see Rimmer dancing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in his pants. <laughs> we are we are talking seventeen years ago here. Uh, I don't care. That is laugh out loud funny. <laughs> the top hat alone. Yes. However, oh, over wow. the years, I've warmed to the episode a lot. Um, I still don't like the dead ending at all. Where it just finishes. Not me. Why not? It, it's a definite mm. ending. What's it going to lead to? There's nothing that it could lead to. Well, the, the reaction... The, yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. The, as Heath mentioned, uh, the reaction of people, uh, the crew on the midget after they've seen that. Mm. Um, so that does drop it down yeah. a lot for me, to be fair. Um, so I'm only going to have to give it seven hologram simulation suites. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I fall into much the same range here. I, I love the sci-fi-ness of the episode. I'd had some very funny moments and some very tender moments. It uh, you know over, it did what I wanted it to do. Um, but yeah, that the ending sort of bugged me a little bit. I thought that they could have maybe even done a little more with this concept beyond, well, let's just watch the tape and find out what happened. Maybe more exploration toward that. But still... It definitely worked. I'm going to give it 7.75 farts in a jacuzzi. Which is impossible to find. It's impossible to find, but I found 7.75 of them to give to this episode. (laughs) How can you do a .75 of a fart? Very carefully. (laughs) It's like digging half a hole. I get so, it. <laughs> that, that is what we thought of the episode. Uh, tell us what you think about uh, episodes of Red Dwarf or about us or about uh, having awesome guest stars like Nadia and Illyrio. Uh You can contact us on our Facebook page, which is uh, the Red Dwarf Introcast. You can email us at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. 
you can Twitter at us on the Twitter which is uh, twitter.com slash redwarfintro. Or you can very carefully train a homing pigeon to fly to Auburn, Alabama and give it straight to me. I would not recommend this, however, especially if you are in England. Yes. So, um, also, if you actually like the podcast, yes. which I hope a lot of you do, you can actually go onto iTunes, look up Red Dwarf Introcast, and leave us a review. And five stars. Please do. Please and do. In fact, it's really weird. We have uh, five stars currently in uh, the British iTunes, but not the American iTunes. I know that we have some stateside listeners. Uh, and, and I know that we have some listeners in the Great White North. Uh, so for all of the different iTunes iterations, we need our fans to speak out and tell everyone how awesome we are. Yeah, don't let so, those Brits beat our American review-leaving know-how. Oh, come on. <laughs> hey. But this, are you starting the revolutionary, again, revolutionary war again? I will, I will go down there with my musket and just shoot people. And your red coats. <laughs> Is that some kind of sheep stomach variety of food? A musket? <laughs> a musket is a gun, I believe. I'm quite Those aware of what a musket is. Uh, Those aren't muskets. Um, Those yeah, are never yeah, so yeah, Paul, Paul will be wearing a red coat, definitely not a brown coat. Aww. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> so, Alright, so now we get to quotes. We get to quote. So again, guests get to go first. So, uh, Illyrio... That many times! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, someone else go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, um, um, I wouldn't like to be around when one of those suckers is making a speech. <laughs> <laughs> Two ca- uh, yeah. Good one. Uh, hold on, I've got it, I've got to find it. Um... Alright, here we go. Maybe, maybe, okay. Breaking your leg hurts like hell, okay? Hell. They do it below the knee. Low. Hell, uh. Get it? They do it twice. Twice. Two. Hello, two. And the jigsaw puzzle must mean you. So, hello to you. And then there's the uh, Angelus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cool. See, we should have done it my bit first, didn't I'm you? sorry. Oh. I'll jump the gun. Oh, just fix it in post. Well, what what we will do is have all of our listeners erase their memories of listening to this <laughs> and then record it again and upload it straight to the feed. Yes. Let's see. I have one. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? I'm going to ha- No. I have a Lister quote here, but if I try to do it, then I'm going to be accused of mocking Irishmen. So I'm going to skip my Lister quote and say, let's see. Uh, the woman who I love most in the world had her tongue down your ear. <laughs> Ah, that goes one of mine. Yeah, Illyrio, uh, for reference there, last week I attempted to do an impression of Rimmer doing an impression of Lister. Oh, I heard last week's episode. Oh, okay, good. I'm fully aware of of how you butchered (laughs) that. And I'm fully aware of how you think that that was still better than David Boreanaz's impression. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry that you think so. Put me at my my attempt at uh, at. Uh, you just have to avoid saying lucky charms. Liverpoolian came out as Mars Irish, so there you hey, go. Hey, we we can't afford lucky charms right now. We have to eat marshmallow mateys. Marshmallow nice. mateys are quite delicious. <laughs> when you're Arrgh. 
Okay. They could puff it. <laughs> they got stuck in my wooden teeth. Oh, let's see. Oh, uh, who is it? Shane. I can't understand it. I've had so much to drink and it even afflicted me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did you look behind the fridge? If you lose something, it's nearly always there. <laughs> <laughs> I had that one written down too. Um, okay, I've, I've got one. So, uh, oh, you go. You go. I'll go before you. Ladies, ladies first. Oh, I'm a lady now. Yay. Um, no, see. I think he said lettuce. Oh, yes. I am a lettuce. Okay. I'm disciplined. I'm organized. I'm dedicated to my career. I've always got a pen. Result? Total smughead. Despised by everyone except the ship's parrot. And that's only because we haven't got one. Why? Why is that? <laughs> and honestly, I thought he was wondering why they didn't have a ship's parrot. That's the way I read it. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Paul. Okay, so, a surfboard, a surfboard, a surfboard foot-sized monster came aboard, did a jigsaw, drained our memories and broke a couple of legs. So what? Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. That's what I say. Oh, I <laughs> Rimmer being cowardly is one of my favorite things. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yes. Look, you're not thinking alien. That's what aliens are. <laughs> alien. They do alien things. Things that are alien. <laughs> Maybe this is the way they communicate. By breaking legs and doing jigsaws. Why should they speak the way we do? They're aliens. <laughs> We've constructed that entire scene in reverse I now. Think yeah, so. I know. <laughs> we future echo All right, this. let's see. So, the last one I have is, if you go through... <laughs> now, there we go. Right. Now I'm doing Irish on purpose. To be sure, to be sure. If you go through life without feeling, if you go through life without experiencing, you're no better than a jellyfish. You're no better than a bank manager. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Now let's hear y'all's uh, southern U.S. accent. <laughs> now uh, British people uh, can do and, southern uh, accents. Uh, uh, Actually, you know what? Uh, uh, look, look, look at me when I'm talking to you, boy. Oh. Seriously, foghorn, leghorn? Wow. <laughs> yeah, actually, no. To, to be fair about it, uh, to quote Shane, um, yeah, I found that Brit British actors as a whole do a much better job with Southern U.S. accents than than uh, American actors. Yep. That's what I call um, the Robert Plant effect. Yeah. Mm. Uh... Even even actors originally from the South. Yeah, nobody does better than uh, the guy on True Blood. Not not the uh, but that plays Suki's brother. I believe he's Australian. Oh, and yeah. uh, Ryan Corn. Ryan Quentin. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, that guy... Like, I, I know those guys. I went to high school with those guys. Uh, he totally nails the accent. You went, and, you went yeah, to high American school with vampires? Could never do that. Say again? You went to high school with vampires? <laughs> Actually? Yeah. Well... I, I believe uh, what... what? I believe what he is oh saying. My goodness. Oh, oh what? No. no, no, no. What I am saying is, you went to high school. What? Oh, you, you have to say what? What? No, you don't. What? <laughs> Honestly, Illyrio, you listen to Stephanie all these years, and you can't do a southern accent. <laughs> what? 
Although, you know what? Uh, and again, we, we love Stephanie. We got to talk to her at Dragon Con, but her accent is, is somewhat stronger than even the norm around here, so so we get a kick out That's of it. awesome. Um, <laughs> on this episode, oh. Buffy <laughs> and Spike, <laughs> we, we get a kick out of it. So, you know. She does her, you know. I love it. I love stuff. Mm-hmm. You, know. No. you know. She says her, you know, really well. Right. I Anyone do have another quote, actually. So, there we go. go. Okay. Hello. Hello. Let's hit it. We're doing accents now. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, do your quote, but do it in a Frenchman accent. No. Oh. <laughs> I'll do one in a French mock accent. Part of you, Francais? No. Uh, anyway, moving on. Let, let's, uh, let's, what is this place? It's the, is oh, this damn the, you. The, Sorry. Is the hologram simulation suite? This is the room that creates Rimmer. Have we come to blow this room up? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Again, cat being cat, and it works for once. Yeah, yes. fine. I have one last quote, and that one's going to be everything. All right. Look, there's a perfectly logical explanation for everything, with the possible exception of little Jimmy Osmond. What? Yes. What was that a reference to? I'm sorry. Uh, the Osmonds were quite big in the 80s over here, and I think it was just weird because he's a little—he had a little kid and just a mouthful of teeth. Oh. You've never heard of the Osmonds? They're, they're American. Wait, oh, so that's the same yeah. Osmonds that... Yes. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Don't forget, the okay. show started in 88. True. Yeah, True. Yeah. When, when we were... Yeah, gotcha. Guys, just a heads cool. up, I have to leave in like five minutes. Okay, so. okay, yeah, we're well, That is now. awesome because uh, we are wrapping up right now. So, uh, those are our quotes. Those are our horrible, horrible attempts at accents. Uh, thank you for listening. Illyrio, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. It was uh, we hope that, so much fun. Well, we hope that you will uh, still join us again, uh, mm-hmm. despite how this has gone. Not just uh, this has gone very well, I think. Um, but yeah, we will look forward to that. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, what is our homework for next week? Yay! Yay! Say that again. Status link? Yeah. Leak. 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 Status oh, leak. leak. Not stasis. Oh. Stasis. Oh, stasis. Oh, stasis. Leak. Stasis. Leak. Okay. I'm not going to guess. You know, as in a leak, leak in, it. in status. Stasis. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I ruined that. Okay. You know what? I really don't have a good guess either mm-hmm. unless there was somebody else in stasis, but we have it on record that there wasn't. So unless they contradict themselves there, maybe uh, Lister's pod was 0.111% open and... Uh, we find out that his left pinky toe has aged three million years and evolved into a life form. Toma! So there you I go. I like that. No, 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 so. no, 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 no. All right. <laughs> so we will come back next week to meet uh, Lister's advanced life form left toe. And uh, we will Bye. see you then. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. And we should be recording. Yes, we, are. we certainly are. I'll be gone. All right. I can't have your purring. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you evil, evil woman. Special commentary by Elf. <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's get started.
and some of the work that she. <coughs> 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 Note to self. Edit out Angela's. I'm sorry, I was cost. trying to cover that. No up problem. As much as possible. No problem. Uh, I'm almost better. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Um, anyway, as, as I was saying, and as the ad goes here, here, and we're not if we stop for like two seconds, I'm just gonna pop it to the zero and be right back. Okay. okay. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> skip, skip, skip to the loo. Skip, skip, skip to the loo. I'll tell you one thing, brother. Okay, I'm gonna cough Somebody for a second. Somebody <coughs> their mouth off. Uh, oh, do you know what? About I, 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 I was... See, the trick to talking like Danny Poffo <laughs> was to keep your teeth clenched. <laughs> I had no idea for years that he and Lanny were brothers. Sorry. Hey, that is a great impression of Angela. Hey, awesome. What? That wasn't Angela. <laughs> no. um, uh, Can I have a cough drop, Angela? Sorry. Um, 